0: Hi everybody, welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, and coming up this week, a conversation with longtime national TV commentator, Almost 30 years, Mike Jeminski will be joining me. We'll talk about his playing career at Duke and in the NBA and about his TV work and his personal life. It's all coming up in just a moment. But we begin, as always, with our Jersey Mike's News and Notes of the Week. And the first big event of the college basketball season came up on Tuesday night, the Champions Classic in Indianapolis And in two Very interesting games, to say the least. The first one went double overtime. Michigan State knocking off Kentucky 86-77 and are reigning... Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year, Oscar Sheboy, got onto the court for the first time this season. He responded with 22 points, 18 boards, and four blocks. He did foul out of the game in that first overtime, but good to see Oscar back on the floor healthy. The second game, Kansas beat Duke 69-64. DeWan Harris had a big a- evening for Kansas. Ten assists, just one turnover in the game. The outside shooting was a little shaky, though. The two teams combined for six of 40. On three-pointers. How about Louisville? Starting off 0-3 and all three losses by one point. My goodness. And coming up this weekend, we've got great games in Vegas. Virginia, Baylor, Illinois, UCLA. That doubleheader will be Friday night. And the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic. Wake Forest and Georgetown are in the field. I'm making a motion on the podcast right now that we move the podcast next season To Jamaica for the Classic, and we report live during that weekend. I think that's altogether fitting and proper. In women's basketball, number five, UConn, got the better of number three, Texas, on Monday. AZ FUD really came through, and she has to, with all the injuries at UConn. She responded with a huge game, a career high 32, as UConn prevailed in stores. My conversation with Mike Jaminski after this from Jersey Mike's. Did you know at Jersey Mike's, the juice is their signature real red wine vinegar and olive oil blend? It adds a little zing to your sub. And did you know scientists named the dinosaur after me? The great Davidosaurus. All statements about the juice adding zing at Jersey Mike's are true, while all statements about Davidosaurus are completely made up and silly. Someone's mad they don't have their own dino. I'm not mad, it's silly. You sound mad. I'm trained to speak without emotion. You sure? Fine, I'm a little mad. Add a flavor zing with the juice. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. It is a real privilege to welcome to the Naismith Podcast this week the great college player at Duke University, longtime pro, and for 29 years he's been coming into your living rooms on ACC and college basketball telecasts. It's Mike Jamensky joining us from Syracuse, of course, is on his way to a game tonight as we speak. G man, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, Bob. It's uh you know, it uh, when you say that I feel so blessed not only for my playing career but to be able to work with people like you and and do what we do and and stay around the game that's been so good to me for my whole life. Um really really incredible, really blessed, and uh, you know, like I said, I just, I, I look forward to
0: every broadcast. Well, we look forward to, to hearing you, and and I get a personal kick out of every time I have a chance to work with you. We'll, we'll be together at Duke uh, this coming Friday night, so I'm excited about that. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, Mike, about your background in in the game, and I remember when you came to Duke, you graduated high school in three years in Connecticut. is that right
1: yeah I guess I was ahead of the curve as far as reclassifying was concerned <laughs> um, and, you know and the funny thing, Bob, is that I mean I wasn't the only one at my high school that did it. I mean the others were not athletes per se, and there weren't a lot of people getting recruited you know the way that I was, but I played in a very in a small town in a small conference. And, you know, the competition wasn't great. Uh, and I, you know, I, I learned of this way where I could complete my, my you know, curriculum in, in three years because I had some AP courses from eighth grade. And, uh, and I decided that uh, a freshman year in college was going to do me, uh, you know, advance me a lot further along than a senior year in high school. So I guess I rolled the dice a little bit, and uh, uh, it allowed me to control the recruiting because it certainly wasn't. The guys didn't start getting recruited till really their senior year, back in in those days. Um, so mm-hmm. I got to jump on that, and uh, you know through that whole process, uh, wound up at a place that's uh, so near and dear to my heart, and down at Duke.
0: But you did it, Mike. Did you not hit campus at age 16? I you know what I had just
1: I had um I, I graduated when I was 16 um I turned 17 in August and 3 to, 3 weeks later I was on campus wow Was that a little intimidating and, Um yeah I mean I, I felt academically that I was ready um I wasn't quite sure uh, on the basketball side physically um You know, because I really I didn't start playing until the eighth grade, and they didn't have AAU back then. So, you know, we'd play pickup ball in the summertime. But I really only had four years of, of organized basketball, and then I wind up starting my first year down there at, at Duke. And you know, physically, um, I was I was ready for for that for college where the you know where that early graduation caught up to me was my first couple of years in the pros um you know we' are playing against men um at that point, and just having turned twenty one and you know there weren't a lot of us you know that it's not like today where there are a lot of one and dones and young guys in the league so um it I was okay in college and i and I got acclimated fairly quickly on all fronts um but it did catch up to me a little bit four years later
0: when did you have a growth spurt along the way that shot you up so tall?
1: no, you know it was funny I tell people um i i uh i was when i was born i was i was twenty four inches and eleven and a half pounds whoa so I came out as a two year old um <laughs> my mom paid <laughs> my mom paid the price and i never um you know i i never uh, i never had a, a spurt like that i mean I was six uh, I was six seven as a freshman, uh, six nine as a sophomore, and six eleven as a junior, and then wow. may, maybe grew a half to three quarters of an inch in, in college. Well, actually, I in the once I got to the pros, and whenever I was in a contract year, I always said I was seven feet, um, but uh, I was. Uh, and Most of the time, I was listed at six eleven, and I was I was always somewhere in between. But no, never really had one of those six, seven, eight, eight inch growth gross spurts ever.
0: I think many college basketball fans that have been around the game obviously remember your career, and it was so outstanding. You're one of the greatest players in ACC history, and obviously one of the greatest players that Duke has ever produced. Your number 43 hangs in the rafters at at Cameron Indoor for all time. Looking back at it, Mike, what would you say are your fondest memories, both on the court and off the court?
1: Um, On the court, I was really proud. You know, people forget how great Duke was in the 60s under Vic Lubis.
0: Yes, amen to that. And
1: I was really proud. I was close enough to that to understand that. And I got to know Jack Marin and Jeff Mullins very well. And I was very proud of the fact that we were able to restore that uh, that legacy at Duke and, and get that program back up into being relevant nationally, um, you know, to go the, go to the national championship game and, and then to uh, you know to go on and, and have the impact that we did and and the rankings that we did all throughout uh, you know my four years there. Uh, our last three, especially, were, were really gratifying to me, and, and what we did as a team, and and the fact too, Bob, that we have remained a team to this day. I mean, we are, we are closer today than we've ever been, and uh, and that's a great testament to that group of guys and and who we were. And I was also really proud of of graduating with honors, and also developing equally strong friendships off the court and, you know, with people around campus and I was in a fraternity, I was an SAE. And, and those friendships really balanced my life out. And I think that they were as important to me as my, my, you know, my teammates there. So that, you know, balance, I think described me uh, fairly well. And I I got that from my
0: friendships on and off the court. Is there a part of you that, you would wish this experience that you had for all that play college basketball, because so many now, I mean, we're into this transfer portal and we're into one and Duns and I mean, you name it, you know, what's going on. Um, these are still young men. I mean, these, these guys were your age, you know, uh, when they, when they came to college and the, the timing of your life remains the same for their, you know, their generation, but they, they're missing this, don't you think?
1: Yeah. And I guess, and the thing that, you know, this whole um, the NIL and the portal and everything that teams are, are staying older, but guys are jumping around a lot. I mean, I see guys who've been at two, maybe three universities in their career and I just, that's just too transient for me. Um, you know, I think it's great that they're, they're playing four or five years, but it may be with two or three different schools. And I just don't think that can replace signing, going somewhere, and staying there four years. And, and you know what, Bob, you talk about the things on the court. My most memorable thing might have been my senior night where and you alluded to my jersey where they surprised me and retired my jersey and uh it was just such a magical emotional you know everything you could imagine in that game happened we wound up winning in overtime and I had a I was in a in a trance for the first 10 minutes of the game but came around and and put up some pretty good numbers uh for the game and we won in overtime against Clemson but that I wouldn't trade that for anything and you you don't get that, I think, with, with a lot of the movement that's going on now.
0: The rivalry with North Carolina is something that ESPN has taken to a new level. But for guys like you who played, you know, just as ESPN was really coming onto the scene, uh, is it everything back then that we envision it to be today?
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, the even the... The, and it's tough to explain to just the casual observer now, but the, the Cameron Indoor Stadium, the whole lower section used to be all students. Uh, and that's not the case now, but it was the case back then. They didn't paint up like they do now, but it was every bit as raucous, and their cheers were every bit as thoughtful. Um, <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. But, yeah, I, I try to tell people in Cameron that there are three levels of intensity there's the non conference game, there's the conference game, and then there's the Carolina game. And the Carolina game is off the charts. Um, you really have to be careful that you, get, you don't get caught up in pregame because pl- the start before warm ups is like playing a half. That's how much intensity is in the building. So you really have to throttle it back so that you have 40 minutes to give for the game. But it's, it's just an incredible, incredible experience to play that game. And I played over in Carmichael
0: at Carolina, and it was every bit as intense there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just another level. Listen, we've got just a couple of minutes. We know you got to go out the door and get to your to your game. Mike, you look great. You're feeling great. It is for those of us we've been friends for a long, long time. I can't tell you how excited I am to see you looking and feeling so well.
1: Well, and Bob, for the you know for the the people out there, I'm I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, yesterday was my 28th month, so I'm relatively young into it, but it was a life changing decision for me. It was something that was absolutely necessary, and uh, fortunate I've had the support of of you and all the people I work with and my Duke family and my Raycom family. And, you know, everybody in my life has been so supportive of that. And, you know, my message to, it's a cautionary tale for young guys out there. And for, you know, for older people, it's never too late. Um, I made a decision to try to reclaim the autumn and winter of my life. And uh, it, it's, it's just been fabulous. And I just try to stay
0: strong one day at a time, and uh, enjoy life. And we enjoy you. We can't wait to see you on television uh, this week and weeks to come. Uh, it wouldn't be ACC and college basketball without the great Mike Jeminski on the air. Partner, thank you so much. And we're excited that you're going to be back involved voting for Naismith. That's great.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and um, I'm also looking forward to teeing it up with you at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium
0: this coming Friday. A chance to tell some more great stories. Thank you, Mike, for joining us, and I can't wait. We will do the game together on Friday night at Duke. It's Delaware at Duke, and you can see it nationally on the regional sports networks. And we'll have some fun with Mike. We're going to talk about his playing career at Duke and uh, that senior night surprise that he mentioned uh, with Clemson, and talk a little bit about the intricacies of of what it was like to navigate those waters at Duke as a young man back in the day. That'll all be coming up on Friday night. I hope you can catch the game, 7 p.m. Eastern time for Duke and Delaware with the G-Man. That's going to do it for this week. Make sure you leave a rating and a review. It helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. We are on every podcast platform out there. Like us and uh, send it along to your buddies. We talk basketball here 52 weeks a year on the Naismith podcast known as A Trophy Life. Until next week, for all of us here in Atlanta, this is Bob Rathman saying so long.